Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Father, we do just say that this morning, that you are wonderful. As the song goes on, it can feel like it's going long, but Lord, you're worthy of all our time, of all our energy, of every Lord, we're here this morning because nothing from man, nothing from this world will satisfy. But you are, you are the thirst quencher. So we come to drink deep of you this morning, Jesus, to drink deep deep of your spirit. Lord, would you fill us up? Give us now a posture to receive something fresh out of heaven. And everyone with faith said, amen, amen. Thank you, worship team. Fantastic. How is everybody? Presence of God's beautiful, isn't it? Just don't feel to rush on from that. But God's presence just, he wants all of our hearts this morning. All of our hearts this morning. Well, it's our second Sunday in serving you. And I'm really, uh, had, a, had a great couple of weeks and uh, just settling into the role and, and meeting people. So it's been really wonderful. I look forward to meeting more people. And uh, me and Sky, I look forward to yeah, doing life together and doing this journey. Thank you, Dave. And uh, we're moving into Christmas, aren't we? Yeah, I heard the story about a, um, a pastor and a taxi driver, and they both passed away, unfortunately. Went to the pearly gates as they do, and there's St. Peter standing there, and he says to the taxi driver, he says, oh, been expecting you. Come with me. He takes him over, and, he take, and there's this massive mansion, indoor swimming pool, indoor bowling alley. He's got everything in it. It's like just huge. <laughs> Taxi driver's like, this is great. He goes back to the pastor and says, oh, you come with me. Takes the pastor just next door. And he gets to this old shack. There's a sleeping bag and that's it. Old shack with a sleeping bag. And the pastor just stopped St. Peter and said, look, I'm pretty sure you've got us mixed up. Like the taxi driver gets the mansion. I'm pretty sure he's meant to be here and I'm meant to be there. And St. Peter looked and shook his head and he says, no, mate, we work on results around here. And when you preached, people slept. When he drove, people prayed. <laughs> uh, I hope you don't fall asleep this morning. But, uh, you know, as we go into Christmas, I've entitled this sermon this morning that Christmas can be a chaotic time. And how do we keep Christ central in when chaos can feel, when it can feel chaotic? Keeping Christ in the chaos of Christmas. And uh, we don't want to just sleep through this next month as Christians. Uh, sleep through all the, all, all the festivities and that. But we want to be really alive and on point for Jesus during this time. We really want to be um, on mission, what it's all about. I love Christmas. Who loves Christmas? Love Christmas. A great time of year as we celebrate our, our Lord and King's birthday. Um, but, you know, it just seems as you go around, uh, not just, this isn't just a trap for uh, Christians or non-Christians, I should say. But even Christians can sometimes sort of miss Christ in the chaos of Christmas sort of miss what it's all about, and we don't want to do that. So for the next couple of weeks, anyway, I'm going to be talking a, a, a bit of a Christmas series about Christ is our calm in the chaos, and you don't even just need Christmas season to be chaotic. It's just life will throw something at you where you need the presence of someone who can give you a calm in the chaos. You see, it's always been the devil's plan to try and get Christ out of Christmas, even today, I mean, even think about the enemy, uh, King Herod, when uh, Jesus 
was born, he found out about it. He, he went to massive lengths to cause a big bloodbath just to try and get rid, rid of what God was birthing in the world, try to get rid of what was going to come through. And so it is today. The enemy's tactics haven't really changed. He wants to get rid. He wants to stop. He wants to cease what God would want to birth in our lives this Christmas, what he'd want to do in your heart afresh and, and, and bring something uh, that we're expectant for. And uh, just as Mary was expecting, I believe we are an expecting church. I believe we are pregnant with promise. I believe we are pregnant with the things of God. And it's not just for a Christmas, it's for this new season that we're entering into. And God doesn't want a miscarriage. He, he wants us to be able to go, yeah, let's bring forth what God is going to do in your heart and my heart this season. Amen. Let's go to the Bible because that's the power of God. Who likes the Bible? Yes, I'm at the right church. Matthew chapter 2 says this, talking about the beginnings of Jesus. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, verse 1, in the days of Herod the king. I like that. In the days of Herod the king. Who knows? There's a new day coming, Herod. There's a new day coming. Um, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Verse 3, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, Where is the Christ to be born? So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod went... Sorry, then Herod, when he had... I'm reading out the New King James, so that might be the NIV up there. Then Herod, verse 7, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring him back to me, that I may come and worship him also. Verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I can feel that. Can you feel that this morning? That exceedingly great joy in this place. When Jesus is at the center of your life, he wants to give you exceedingly great joy. When you find Jesus, you don't find a religion. You find exceedingly great joy. And it's in us because it's in him. So that was so joyful, verse 11, and when they had come into the house, what does it do when you find Jesus? They saw the young child with his, Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, oh, I like that, I could preach a whole prophetic sermon. When they opened their treasures, Jesus wants to see their treasures opened all for him. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love this passage of scripture. Um, Because we can see a few characters in this passage of Scripture that can miss Christ in their own chaos. You see, we don't want to miss Christ this Christmas. And it's not just about knowing a story. It's not just about knowing about him. It's not just about celebrating and acknowledging the historical figure Jesus. See, Christmas at its very core is God getting personal with you. God getting personal with me. And he didn't just wrap skin on. And come as a man, the God-man, born of a virgin so that he would never be contaminated like you and me from sinful blood. But the divine blood that would one day 
pay the price for your and my sin. He didn't just wrap skin on and come down and meet you on our, aren't you glad God meets us on our level? He doesn't say, come up to me, come up to my standard. Come on, be holy, go to church enough, pray enough. But Jesus came in the mess of a manger, an animal feeding trough, in a stable that stunk to say, I don't care how messy or stinky your life gets, I'll meet you where you're at. You may be in some chaos this morning. You may have chaos in relationships. You may have chaos in your finances. You may have chaos in your health. You may have chaos somewhere. I want to tell you this morning, Christ will meet you where you're at because he's not the sort of God that said, I want red carpet. He says, I'm bringing red blood and I'll meet you in your mess. And that's the type of saviour that we serve. He's getting personal with us. And as they said, they shall call his name Jesus and in that name because he will save his people from their sins. Christmas is God getting personal with you. But we don't want to miss it, amen? You don't want to miss what God wants to do in your life every day, but even more this season. I want to give you a couple of people that missed it. Firstly is Herod. Herod missed it, the first person I mentioned. Notice in verse 6, it says, talking about the prophecy about who the Messiah would be, it says this, and out of uh, Judah would come a ruler. See that word, ruler? Would come a ruler. That really troubled, troubled Herod, because he was the ruler, and he didn't like to hear that there's coming another ruler. Herod, in, it wasn't, he, he didn't miss Jesus because he was half-hearted seeker. Herod was seeking after Jesus stronger than some Christians seek after Jesus. He wanted to find this Herod. He wanted uh, Jesus. He wanted to get to him, but he wasn't going with the right motive. Herod missed Jesus because he was threatened by another ruler in the land. Herod didn't have room for another king in his life. And when he heard that he'd be the ruler, he was threatened. His rulership was threatened. He considered himself to be in charge. It seems, you know, Herod... Herod wasn't the kind of guy you leave your kids with when you want to go somewhere. He wasn't that sort of a person. If you look into who Herod, this King Herod was, he was merciless. He was jealous. He was suspicious. He was afraid of his position and his power. He held on to earthly security and title. Everyone knew that he was an evil man, that his power, if it meant bloodshed to keep his power, to keep his status, and that was okay. If it, if it, if it meant that he was okay, other people got hurt, even his own family he, he was never going to submit to another king. Therefore, he missed the Christ of Christmas by rejection. And you might be here sitting here thinking, well, I'm glad I'm not like Herod. I'm glad I don't have trouble with rulership in my life. But you know, you'll miss Christ this Christmas if you don't see him as your king. If you're not prepared to say, you know what? This, 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 this is the king of kings. He is a ruler and he wants rulership over my life. To truly embrace the Christ at Christmas is to give him kingship, rulership, to dethrone yourself. And that's what Herod just wasn't planning to do. That's just what he wouldn't do. I'm, I'll be the king of my life. Maybe we are a little bit like Herod. If we were to get really honest and truth be told, we like to have rulership. We like to be in control. And that's what causes us to miss what Jesus would do if he was in control. That's why Jesus' name is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, because it takes a, uh, our own uh, humility to give up our kingship. Becoming a Christian and following Jesus, really, that's what it is. Yes, he'll meet you in your mess. He'll meet you where you're at, but he'll say, hey, come and follow me, which means you've got a choice to make. You've got a choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to give him rulership, or am I going to continue to be the king of my life? The center of sin is I. And we live in an I world, I 
phone, iPad, I this, I that. It's all about me. And Jesus, his king comes and he's threatening your rulership. He's threatening who's in charge of your life. And he's saying, don't miss me. If you don't want to miss me this Christmas, I want to be the ruler. Matthew put it this way. Jesus put it this way, sorry, in Matthew 7.21 in the next scripture. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Notice that Jesus is saying, I don't want a bunch of talkers. <laughs> I don't want you just to talk the talk. I'm looking for people that do it, that walk the walk. And I'm not saying you need to do stuff to become a Christian. This isn't works-based salvation, that if you work enough and do stuff. No, the grace of God is what saves us. But when His grace touches your life, when you truly meet the miracle in the manger, something reshifts in your heart and you say, you know what? I need to come under new management. I'm under new management. I've got a new ruler. I've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and, and He's going to take control and I'm going to give Him control of my life. That's why Jesus said, anyone who wants to follow me needs to take up His cross daily, didn't He? He said, take up your cross and follow me. You know, you think, what are you talking about, Brad? We're meant to be celebrating a baby in a manger with hay and beautiful animals and stuff like that and you're talking about dying on a cross? That's the message of Christmas. That, that Jesus is coming to say, will you take up your cross I like what A.W. Tozer said this. He said three things about someone that gives up rulership to Jesus. Three things about somebody who will let him be your king. I challenge you with these three things on the screen. He said this, A.W. Tozer said, the first thing, if you notice somebody who is on a cross, I'll look at my notes. On a cross, number one is they are facing only one direction. They can't face another direction when you're truly submitted to his rulership. Number two, they can never turn back. Once you've committed your life, there's no turning back. Luke 9.62 says, No man, having put his hand to the plough and looks back, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. He's saying, you want to follow Jesus? Don't look back because it's really hard to go forward when you're looking backwards. Maybe that's the message for us as a church with a new season, a new chapter. Guess what? We're not looking back. We're going forward. We're looking in the big screen, the big, the big glass, not the little glass. And sometimes it requires just saying, you know what, that's in the past and that's okay. We might need to heal that or we might need prayer for that, but, but we're going forward and God is the leader and we're under new management. Amen. It says they no longer have plans of their own. I like that. It's like I give up my plans. This is the Christ of Christmas. He's coming with a challenge for us all. That baby in the manger calling us on. Who is on the throne of your life today? Can I ask you that? Who is on the throne? Who is in charge? Because I'm here to tell you this morning that God is a jealous God and he doesn't take second place. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put me first place. I love the prayer initiatives of the church that have been happening and even the, just meeting up prior at uh, about eight o'clock, there's a group that meet, you may not know this, up on the balcony and pray and pray and, and the prayer before the church. And Tuesday night, I'm looking forward to our first, our first prayer walk and I just sensed that, that God, I just sensed during worship that God, getting God's attention. And we're not trying to do that to get his attention, you know what I'm saying? But God can't help but see a heart that's looking out to him that's saying, God, we want your way. It just captures his attention. It'll capture, capture his attention in your life if you'll do the same and say, God, I want to give up my way. I want your plans. I want to face your direction. And I don't want to turn back. It'll capture his attention so much that he'll go, he'll be drawn into you to where you're at. Who's on the throne this morning? Jesus comes to sit on the throne of your life. Secondly, not only Herod, not only did Herod miss it and we can be a bit like Herod, but secondly is um, 
I love this one, the innkeeper. He's not in the text, but he's the innkeeper. There's another text that talks about the, the little Bethlehem inn. In Luke 2, 7, it said, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, Mary, that is. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. With all the busyness, I mean, to talk about chaos at Christmas, this innkeeper knew about it. He knew exactly about it. Everyone coming for the census, people everywhere, people trying to get booked. Half of them didn't even go online to book prior. You know, most of them weren't even thinking ahead. They didn't make plans. And they're just rocking up to say, can I get a room? And it's chaos. And, and he's that busy going here, going there, busy, busy, busy. And then the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords rocks up and he just misses him. And you know, he really missed a great opportunity, didn't he? Imagine the marketing from that day on. <laughs> Stay at the Bethlehem Inn, good enough for God. <laughs> this place is like, you know, he missed a great opportunity. I want to tell you, when we get that busy, when we get that chaotic, we miss the God moments. We miss the God stories. We miss the testimonies. We miss what God is doing in that moment. And like this innkeeper, we need to say, have we got room or are we too busy? Are we pre occupied half of our lives aren't they all of our lives it's already occupied you want to book an appointment we're so pre but don't let that creep into our spiritual life don't let that creep in that you're so preoccupied that there's no room for God to move in your life I'm not saying we shouldn't be busy and do our jobs and go to work and live and all that I'm saying but what's first where is Jesus where is he are you booked out today you might be here this morning hearing this. You can be so close to church. You can, be so, you can even be on the board and not on board. You can be so close to the manger. You can be so close. That guy was so close. They're out in the stable, but he missed the moment. You can get close, but how are you missing? Are you booked out? Hearts that are booked out, hearts that are distracted. Augustine said this quote. He said, Jesus Christ is not valued at all until he is valued above all. It's a challenging quote. Jesus is not valued at all until he's valued above all. That's where he belongs this Christmas. This Christmas. Let's not let ourselves get so familiar with what we do that we lose that fresh sense of Jesus in our life. You know, it, it's, it happens though. Don't feel condemnation this morning. I tell you what, you, you know why you shouldn't feel condemnation and I shouldn't? Because Jesus' own parents, Joseph and Mary, lost the presence of God physically. Did you know that Joseph and Mary lost Jesus once? It actually is in Luke 2, around verse 40. They lost, the, you had one job to do, <laughs> and they lose Jesus. In fact, when you read the story, Jesus was 12 at the time, and um, they, at the time, and did you know that when they, uh, they, they were in a religious ceremony and lost his presence? The Passover was on, and they assumed that Jesus was with them because they were in a religious ceremony. They were doing a church thing, but they lost Jesus. They didn't even know for a whole day where Jesus was. In fact, it took them three days to find him, and he was right where they left him, back in the temple. See, they had a relationship with Jesus. They were still related. They were still on relationship terms, but they lost the fellowship of his presence. 
And so it is that your relationship is secure. But I'm asking you this morning, not just about your relationship, how is your fellowship? How is he in your life? How is that sense of God's presence directing you, leading you? Or like Joseph and Mary, it might have been one day, two days, three days. It may be three years. It may be 40 years. And sometimes you've got to go back to that place where Jesus' presence was and go, Lord, I've left you. You never left me. You're still where you are, God. I'm coming back to you. Lord, I want your presence fresh in my life. Because busyness takes us away from, often from, sensing that presence in our life. Maybe you've backslidden into old patterns of sin, of spiritual slumber. His word is dry. Sin is easy. Your conscience is calloused and your heart is hard. That's when you know you've lost his presence. And if we're honest, we all need to be like Joseph and Mary sometimes and stop and say, where is Jesus in my life today? Where is he today? Where is he in my priorities? Where is he in my marriage? Where is he in my relationship with my kids? Where is he in my workplace? Where is Jesus? Often he's coming this morning, not with eyes of anger or condemnation, but with eyes of love to say, hey, I haven't left. I haven't gone anywhere. I still love you. I still love you. I still want to be with you. Just open up your heart and I'm right there, right where you need me this morning. Is it making sense? The innkeeper missed it in the chaos. Herod missed it. And as I close, though, there's some wise men, and maybe they're called wise because they didn't miss it. (laughs) I don't think wise men really do come from the east. I don't like that part of the Bible. Who agrees that wise men should be in the west? Amen. That's a whole nother sermon. But, you know, it says in this scripture, we go back to our text. It says in Matthew 2.11, it says, On coming to the house, these wise men, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love that how these wise men didn't get lost in religiosity, didn't get lost in a ceremony, weren't too busy but made it their focus that Christmas, so to speak, that they were going after the presence of God with one ambition, to worship Him and to give them, give Him, sorry, all that they had. And as they laid out that gold and and one of them gives him gold, they were saying, you know what, gold, you know what they say about gold? Gold is fit for a king. They're saying, this is the king of kings. This is the Lord of lords. They're saying, this is royalty. This isn't just a baby. But this this is going to, he is the king. And they give him that gold and they give him frankincense, the burning of frankincense closely associated with ceremonial worship of a deity. It could be pointing towards Jesus' deity, fully God, fully man, because the only solution to our sin problem was a God-man. Who could mediate for us on our behalf? Who, when Jesus would die on the cross, who could really represent you and me to God? No one. None of us could for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. I want to tell you this morning, you'll hear me say this a lot, good people don't go to heaven. If they do, heaven will be empty. Forgiven people go to heaven. People that have trusted in the God-man, the mediator, he could represent you and me because he was, he was sinless. He lived a sinless life, fully perfect. He was man, but then he also could represent God because he had the divine. He was divinity. He was God. And so he could represent, mediate between God and us so that we now have peace with God. The, the angel said, peace on earth this Christmas. We can have peace on earth. We don't see it on the news. You won't see it on Facebook. We won't see it on our feeds, but you can see it in your heart. 
when you meet the Prince of Peace and get your sins forgiven. Gave him frankincense and they gave him myrrh, the most notable with regard to Jesus' life. Myrrh was the key ingredient in mixture of spices that were used to prepare bodies for burial. Perhaps the wise men intended this gift as an indication of his humanity and the manner in which he would save people, die for them. Let's not miss Jesus this Christmas. I'm going to pray in a moment. Before I do, maybe something I've said this morning has touched your heart. I know the Holy Spirit just wants to minister amongst us. He can, he's doing something right now. Come on, we're not just here for a religious duty. We're not just here as a club. There's people, myself included, that would be available to pray with you after the service to come down the front and say, I need prayer, Brad. If you're here this morning and you would say, you know what, Jesus, he's on my Christmas list and he's at the bottom. He's down there somewhere. Maybe with me this morning, as we stand in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand and just pray a prayer of commitment to Jesus that this season, he's first. This season and my whole life. But, but this season, Lord, help me to be, be on point putting you first in my life. Would you stand with me and bow our heads and close our eyes? And I say that, not so you get religious and bow your heads and close your eyes, but just so that you can focus on Jesus. You don't have to do it, Tony, if you're comfortable. Just so you can focus on him. Jesus, we love you this morning. Jesus, we thank you for Christmas. Jesus, we thank you that you came. We thank you, Jesus, that you, God, weren't too busy for me. Someone needs to hear that this morning. God's not too busy for you. He's not booked out. He left heaven on a rescue mission for you. He left royalty. He left everything for you. And he had his eyes set on you. He wasn't busy and he, did, and, and he wasn't uh, preoccupied. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your love. May we receive that love this morning. But we just want to commit our lives to you afresh, Lord. If you're comfortable to pray this prayer out loud, don't feel that you have to, but if you want to pray with me, I'm just going to commit this, this next month to the Lord and obviously on from that, but feel free to pray this prayer after me. Loud and proud, say, Dear Lord, I come to you this morning to tell you I love you. You are, I want to put you first in my life. Holy Spirit, give me the power and strength to live that out. This Christmas season, I commit my life to you. I don't want to miss your presence. I missed all the other presents. I don't want to miss you, Jesus, amongst the jingle bells. <laughs> For it's all about you. And I love you this morning. In Jesus' name. I mean, Lord, I just pray a blessing over us as a church and people here, maybe they're here for the first time or visiting. Lord, would you bless them abundantly this morning? Lord, as we just uh, go about uh, uh, this time of just fellowship together, Lord, let it not just be a time of uh, just, just, just hanging around, but Lord, that we would get to know each other. There'll be time of fellowship, Lord, that we would strengthen each other. If someone needs a prayer, that would be bold to pray for that person and say, hey, can I pray for you? Lord, that we would be your community here. Lord, I just pray for every person, your blessing this Christmas season, Lord, that you would be front and center of their life. Lord, that we'd hear testimony after testimony of what you are doing in our lives. And everyone with faith said, amen. amen.